God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. What's up, guys? Tyler Burnett doing well to the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. We have made it to the Jeff Gordon episode, episode 24. Uh, Was it Jeff Gordon now or is it Willie B? D. Welch. Well, Jeff Gordon's been retired for several years, so I'd say it's the William Byron episode. Yeah, but Jeff Gordon won way more races. Um, We today are having on Shane Stewart, uh, which is going to be really cool because he is a tremendous sprint car driver who is now retired turned owner promoter of the port city raceway that announcement came out during the tulsa shootout which was a big time um and it was you know it was good to talk to shane stewart and we're gonna have him on the show today he is at the port city Raceway right now dylan and he's getting you know getting things ready to go for the season ahead yeah and, and port city is is of course an oklahoma micro track that has produced um countless you know graduates that have gone on to have success in midgets and sprint cars. I mean, uh, Jason McDougal, Brady Bacon, Tyler Thomas, um, Kaylee Bryson, uh, Jason Persley. I mean, just, you know, those are, you know, kind of five that are, are relevant now, you know, and, and the list is, is, is massive of, of success stories that have come out of that place. So it's a super cool, super racy, uh, racetrack. And, and obviously the midgets ran there last year and are going to run there again this year, in addition to the micros. So super cool place. And, uh, you know, it's great to have uh, a racer like Shane, you know, kind of take over the controls and, um, you know, know he's already trying to make some, you know, small improvements to, uh, just make it that much better. So excited to talk to him. Shane Stewart's a great interview, uh, you know, talking to everyone around the Oklahoma micro scene and also, you know, the USAC midget scene now because half of them are uh, in the midget scene now in USAC. They say he makes everything look super, super nice. And he's, and they're right. He, you know, he, he talked about this in this, this interview, uh, having OCD and trying to improve on a bunch of things and making a bunch of changes already um, to the now Port City Raceway, which all those races are live on Flow Racing all season long. We're not sure yet, but... We can confirm, and this has already been released, that the Keith Coons Give Back Classic will be at the Port City Raceway this year. It has been at Millbridge, both in the Outlaw Cart version, the first time Dylan Welch, we were there. We had live shows on Rip the Fence. Um, and then the second time, which was a year or two later, in a micro series event, which was last year at Millbridge, but is now being moved to Port City. And getting a little insight from Pete, which of course is you know one of the guys – you know, at Keith Coons Motorsports, who has made that into a a massive deal with Keith Coons, um, Pete Willoughby, he kind of said that C. Bell had a big uh, say. You know, he, you know, pushing for them to go to Oklahoma and give give back to the Oklahoma micro community because that's where C. Bell comes from. Well, and I think too. I mean, you know, nothing against North Carolina, but the micro scene is much uh, much more popular in Oklahoma than it is in North Carolina. So obviously, you know, North Carolina at Millbridge, you know, you have your your host of of regulars at Millbridge that are are super talented. I mean the Brett Brent Cruz, um, 
you know, the Chase Cabries of the world, you know, the guys that race there regularly that are good. And then you have the guys from Pennsylvania that are able to shoot down and, and run at Millbridge because it's, you know, it's a fairly quick trip. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma obviously is, is probably, you know, as big, if not bigger on the micro scale than than the Pennsylvania scene is. So moving it, moving a race of that caliber to Oklahoma with what's on the line, you know, which is a, a midget ride at the Chili Bowl in Oklahoma, uh, it makes sense. You know, I hate to see it leave Millbridge just because that's, you know, in my backyard and, and it's, you know, obviously cool to be able to go to a race like that. Um, but it makes sense. It makes sense to have it at Port City. It's a, you know, a track that has a deep history in micro racing. Um, you know, that area obviously does as well, like we said. So, um, you know, bummer that it is taken away from Millbridge, but it uh, is going to be, you know, just as great at Port City. And uh, it's a cool opportunity for, for the guys out there that, uh, you know, that haven't been able to race in it or compete in it just because of, you know, pure distance, um, you know, away from home, it'll be cool that they'll have an opportunity to do that this year. Yeah. And Jeremy and Ashley will still have big micro races down there. Don't get me wrong. And they've also had midget races uh, down there as well. They've, they've moved to the national midget scene uh, and they had, you know, a big race there last year as well. So Millbridge is still going to be a great micro track, you know, Brett Cruz races there. Tremendous micro racer. The NASCAR, you know, youth is up and coming through the outlaw carts and, and going to eventually make it into the micro uh, series scene. So Millbridge is, Millbridge is still going to be a great hub for micro racing. Uh, but of course, you know, this year, I think maybe Keith and Pete may move it around. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know how the deal, deal works, but um, this year it's at least going to be at Port City Raceway, which is going to be really cool to give back to the Oklahoma uh, community. Congrats to Seabell, by the way. Um, I didn't even do that on purpose. First career Cup Series win. Um, I have a video on flowracing.com right now where I am currently vacuuming up uh, press conferences off of nascarmedia.com and uh, releasing some videos. So uh, we have a couple quotes in there from C. Bell on a video that I released on flowracing.com. Go check it out. Um, yes, it's, uh, it's a good time. I think he talked about just the discipline of dirt racing and road course racing being kind of similar. You know, Jeff Gordon, which was interesting, at the end of the Fox broadcast said, this would have been the last place I saw Christopher Bell winning, which I'm like, really? Like, dude, Jeff Gordon, the first race he ever raced on a road course, probably won it, and he won like almost every one he went to. Like, he was the same well, way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think on paper, you don't think of a of a guy, you know, you don't think of a dirt racer. I mean, really, you don't think of anybody that comes up through the short track ranks of, you know, NASCAR, you know, late models or, you know, whatever. I mean, you don't think that their first win is going to be at a road course just because on paper it's so different. But he's right. You know, I think from a discipline perspective and a consistently hitting your marks lap after lap after lap, I think that is the same. Um, you know, which, you, you know, you have to do obviously, you know, in, in, you know, regional levels of stock car racing, but, um, it's a good point, you know, I think, and, and he's, I mean, he, Christopher has become a good road racer. I mean, he won road America, uh, in the Xfinity series, uh, I think two years ago, night 2019, maybe. Um, so I mean, he's a, you know, sneaky, good road racer and has run ran well in the cup car there last year. So, um, you know, I wasn't surprised really to see him, you know, to see him run well, um, but I thought it was awesome that he, you know, closed that gap from over three seconds, you know, to drive by Logano and then just left him. So, um, cool to see, you know, I think it's, uh, obviously as I think we all do, you know, the first of many for him, but, um, uh, cool to get the first one out of the way so early. He's ha you know, I'm sure he's happy to put, put aside a tough year, right? He, he ran for Levine family racing last year. And I'm not saying that Levine family racing didn't have good equipment. I mean, they didn't have Joe Gibbs equipment 
you know, no one will ever have Joe Gibbs equipment. They're never going to give an alliance a team uh, the same equipment that they have. But it was growing pains. It was his first year in that race car. He's never done it before. He, you know, he, he had some speed in some of the races, and he was just learning. And um, I think if he went on a road course, just watch out on the ovals because he's so well, much yeah. better in an oval. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is. I mean, for sure. But and I think, too, you know, it's it's probably a little, you know, validating to him because, you know, obviously, uh, you know, him taking over that 20 car for Eric Jones, there was, you know, people that were upset about that, you know, for whatever reason. But, um, you know, Christopher is, has taken this opportunity very seriously. You know, he's he's cut back on the amount of dirt races he's running this year so he can focus all of his efforts and attention on this cup car and taking advantage of this opportunity to run for you know, one of the best, if not the best teams in NASCAR right now. So, uh, you know, I'm sure for him, one, it kind of silences, you know, the, the critics, so to speak, that he jumps in this car right away and delivers, um, you know, and, and two, like, you know, the NASCAR format, you know, he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. He's in the playoffs. So now he can just kind of go for broke and, and try and win as much as he can. So I'm sure in, in more ways than one, getting that checked off, um, you know, early, was was just kind of a big um a big sigh of relief and a, a lot of pressure off his shoulders it's really fun watching nascar right now um with larson back in the series and c bell and chase briscoe and actually having a you know vested interest in rooting for people now right like mm -hmm. not in the sport anymore don't have to cover the sport anymore of course i cover you know the guys who race on dirt and stuff like that but um it's fun to bet money on it now and, you know, you know, play DraftKings and not have to work in it, sit in rain delays like you've been doing. You know, it's just it's a good time. It's it's actually a blast watching NASCAR right now. Um, I mean, they're really I mean, there really is my yeah. buddies. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of guys to cheer for. I mean, if you're a if you're a dirt race fan, um, <clears throat> you know, and there I mean, there's going to be there's going to be some guys l later this year that are uh, going to be in some dirt cars, too, that I think will surprise some people. Um, but the interest is there from that level, you know, they, they are all, you know, they've seen what Chase Elliott has done. And I think there's more guys interested. I know there's more guys interested in kind of wanting to do that same thing. So, um, you know, I think if you're a dirt racing fan, I mean, there's, um, you know, you don't have to be a Chase Elliott fan, but I think it probably increases your level of respect for him that he wants to race dirt midgets. You know, he wants to do that. He could do is he could do whatever he wants and he chooses to race, you know, dirt midgets. So, um, you know, I think that should make you appreciate him and his abilities and everything else, you know, that much more. Plus you got guys, you know, like Christopher and Briscoe and Larson who, um, you know, obviously dirt racing fans are going to cheer for. So you're right. I mean, it is, you know, it's a good time to be a, a dirt racing fan because you, you can watch your, you know, guys on, you know, Friday, Saturday night at the dirt track and then watch them on Sunday. Speaking of dirt, and this is a good transition, uh, before we came onto the show today, uh, I was, you know, scrambling because uh, our, our friend Lee Spencer at RacingBoys.com broke a story about the USAC Triple Crown winner, the newest USAC Triple Crown winner, Chris Windham, is going cup racing. He is heading to Bristol. And Dylan Welch, I am not happy with you before coming onto this broadcast because you have told me that you have known about this for a while and you didn't say a single word to me about it. Well, I was told not to say anything about it. Well, apparently Lee Spencer didn't get the memo. Yeah, evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one went, went in one ear and out the other, apparently. 
Lee Spencer is a phenomenal journalist. Um, you know, one of the best NASCAR has currently working for racingboys.com right now. Uh, yes, broke the story. He's going with Rick Ware racing in the NASCAR cup series, which I, this is a good opportunity for Chris, right? Because Rick Ware racing is not top of the line oval premier mile and a half cup equipment, right? If he was going to go race a mile and a half with Rick Ware racing, he's going to run 30th. 20, 20th to 30th, right? That's the, the 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 comparable equipment. Going to Bristol, this is an even playing field. We have seen this happen in the NASCAR truck series. Bobby Pierce has gotten in a Mittler Brothers truck, right? You know, he has gotten, you know, there has been guys getting those type of equipment and almost win those races. Chris Windham's going to have a shot to compete for the top 10, I think, at Bristol in the Cup Series with that equipment. Just because the pure fact these dirt, you know, no one has any idea what's going to happen at Bristol. Your mic's not on, by the way. How's that? <laughs> that works. I think that's I think that's going to be the biggest question mark. You know, is is uh, first of all, it's a long race. It's I think two hundred fifty laps, which is much too long. Um, but you know, there's a lot of questions about how the track is going to hold up. I mean, how the cars are going to hold up. You know, I mean, Bristol. Wait, how long? How long is it? I think it's 250 laps. Oh my God, dude, that is going to be a disaster. I have produced races at dirt tracks for NASCAR. Literally, it's going to be 85 cautions. It's going to, uh, it's going to be all some, caution laps. We got some breaking news here. Tiger Woods injured in rollover crash in Los Angeles. Wow. Is he all right? I don't know. They said they had to use the jaws of life to get him out. Anyways. <sighs> Tiger um, Woods, one of the greatest athletes of our to, time back to back to live action here um yeah no I, I think to your point um chris definitely has a better shot probably at the bristol dirt race than he would at the bristol pavement race um you know Absolutely. just from, from an you know from an equipment perspective i think think that i think the surface will even even the playing field out a little bit you know there's going to be some guys that struggle there's going to be some guys that you know get it figured out quicker you know quicker than others and obviously uh you know how much really does dirt experience, you know, in a 850 pound or 850 horsepower, you know, 1100 pound sprint car translate to, you know, driving one of those tanks around Bristol. I don't really know how much it translates. Um, but it, I, I, it wouldn't hurt. I wouldn't think so. Um, I'm excited. It's a cool opportunity for him, you know, just to kind of get his foot in the door in the, in the stock car world. And, um, you know, hopefully he obviously has a good run. I like what Rick Ware Racing is doing. You know, they're putting guys like James Davison in their cars. Um, they raced the Indy 500 this year, which was tremendous. And so this could be a good outlet for Wyndham. I know he's going to have Nas on board, and it's going to be a, a good branding opportunity for Nas Energy Drink. So um, this is huge. This is a big-time opportunity for Chris Wyndham because I have a feeling that he's going to be able to contend. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's through I think a partnership with David Bird, who Chris has you know had a relationship with. That's who he's he's done stuff with in the Freedom One Hundred, the Andy Lights. You know, the last couple of years has been uh, you know through his relationship with David Bird, and David has been responsible for getting James Davison in these cars too. So um, it's you know it's kind of a, a spawn of of that relationship. Um, but yeah, I mean, there you know again, it, it does open up some opportunities. I think you know that um, you know it ties him in ties them in with the team in both the stock car world and the, in the indie car world. So, um, you know, hopefully if it goes well, you know, it, it leads to, um, you know, maybe some other opportunities on pavement, um, 
which, you know, obviously would be, would be great for Chris. So, um, no, he's, no, he's excited about it. And, and, you know, like I said, it'll be, be fun to watch him. When's your next NASCAR race? Phoenix, uh, mid-March. Oh, they pushed. So they didn't cancel Phoenix. They just pushed Phoenix back. Uh, right? I mean, kind of. No, I mean, not really. I mean, Fontana got replaced. This was supposed to be Fontana this weekend, but they ran the Daytona road course, and then they go to Homestead uh, next weekend, which was supposed to be the original Fontana date. So they swapped those, basically, and then they go to West the West Coast the week after that, first week of March. So enough NASCAR talk. Um, but Chris Windham, to, to your guys' you know, delight, will be joining us on the show here shortly, uh, along with Shane Stewart, two guests on the podcast today. Uh, it's going to be fun to talk to uh, Chrissy Bear about his opportunity and also uh, Shane Stewart about you know promoting and owning the racetrack at Port City Raceway. Before we uh, get out of here uh, from the open, let's do our hat shakes. Who do you got, D. Welch? Hat shake of the week. Uh, I've got to go with the McCarns family uh, for taking over the promotion of Angel Park. Um, I'm a huge, huge Angel Park fan. I think it's, you know, it's been the, one of the saddest, you know, fixtures of, of midget racing that hasn't been on the schedule on the national side, the last, um, you know, the last four or five years. I mean, to me, it's, it's as synonymous with midget racing as, um, you know, a place like Belleville or, um, you know, whatever other marquee events, you know, you want to, you know, associate with midget racing, but it's the site of the national midget hall of fame for God's sake. I mean, it should be on the national midget schedule. So they've had some, you know, it's been a bit muddy with the promotion and, and things the last few years. Um, so I'm glad that, uh, the McCarns family has, has agreed to, it's a five-year promotional agreement, um, bringing USAC back for the Pepsi nationals on Labor Day weekend. Um, I love it. Love Angel Park. Midgets there is, is, you know, one of the coolest things in the world to me. It's, you know, up there with watching a silver crown car to dirt mile, you know, watching you stand on the end, you know, used to be able to stand on the infield guardrail at Angel Park and never lifted around that place. Just hammer down and hot laps wide open around there. Um, super cool place. If you haven't been, uh, need to go because it is a really cool place. So glad to see it, uh, you know, getting some life pumped back into it. What happened there? Because isn't this like the second time it's closed and reopened this winter? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't know all the details, but I think the, uh, at one time, some of the other promoters were, you know, in a little bit of a pissing match with USAC and didn't want, you know, it just, you know, typical nonsense, you know, that sometimes prevents people from coming to a compromise in, in scheduling races. So, um, you know, sounds like all of that now is hopefully a thing of the past and, um, you know, it's back on the schedule where it belongs. My hat shake's going to go to C. Bell beats Larson again. I mean, you know, always beating Larson. Like, what the heck? We're back on the C. Bell train, baby. Hey, I, I will say this. I will say this. I don't know that C. Bell would have won that race if Larson hadn't spun out. Because I, agree. I, think, I think Larson was just as good, if not better. And probably if he'd gotten to the lead would have been good enough to at least hold off Christopher's. I don't know if Christopher would have had enough time to catch him. So, um, fresher tires. Too. Larson, Larson's win is coming though. I think he's, uh, I think he's going to have a good year and he'll reel a couple of them off. I'm pretty sure he's going to win Homestead. What's, what is he in yeah. Vegas right now? That's his best racetrack. Is this weekend? We're putting money on that. Anywho, I believe yeah. Wyndham is here. So let's take a break. Come back. Let's talk to Chris Wyndham. He is next 
This is episode 24 of the Loud Pedal Podcast. mentioned the open of episode 24 of the Loud Pedal Podcast. Uh, USAC Triple Crown winner Chris Windham is getting set to make his first Cup Series start at Bristol on the dirt. It was uh, news broken by uh, Lee Spencer of RacingBoys.com. Uh, I'm sure you're super excited about this opportunity, Chrissy Bear. Um, uh, I, was, I was just telling Dylan on the open, I think it's a great, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen there. It's going to be a place where you likely have a chance of contending, I would say. Yeah, it's a really unique opportunity. I kind of have the same thoughts as what you just said. Um, you know, that's kind of what sparked my interest in it when the opportunity arose. So I think uh, out of any track all year that they go to, that it's probably going to even the playing field out because I don't really think anybody knows what to expect for it. And I think you kind of saw that the first year the trucks went to Eldora with, you know, pretty much any team could compete there. So um i'm excited about it hopefully uh hopefully it's going to be a fun time and a lot of a lot of people were in on this to put this together so it's a pretty cool deal for me something that i always am curious with these dirt guys that jump in the stock cars and run it's like they're so different than what you guys are used to running i mean it's it's you know you come from these sprint cars or you know midgets that are these light you know super high horsepower things that you can just toss around and then you get in these stock cars that are like not that you know at all so how much does having dirt experience because you ran the truck race at eldora how much does having dirt experience in anything translate or help you jumping in a stock car and, and doing the same thing it definitely helps it translates some but like you said the the cars are so heavy or the trucks the cars are heavy that you know, it's a feeling you don't really have in a sprint car. I mean, probably the closest thing you have to it is a silver crown on a mile in our in our world. So, you know, trying to figure out the limit of, you know, when when you're going to spin out on a dirt track in a stock car is tough because you don't, you know, you know, you're not used to that feeling. You're used to having being able to run wide open and knowing you're not going to spin out, especially on a half mile. So, it's a lot more finesse in those things and trying to figure out you know, to hit a perfect line and hit the finesse marks. Cause I think, you know, you kind of saw it at Eldora every year, the first day of practice and get you the guys are spinning out every single corner trying to figure out, you know, the limit there. And so I think the dirt experience helps, but also, you know, the guys have an advantage on me that have been in stock cars for years or every race and all their shifting and pit stops and all that, all that stuff I'm not used to. So that was, that was one of my biggest issues was trying to shift on and not miss shifts when we were, you know, restarts and everything. I don't even know what the rules are going to be there. I mean, they, they have live pit stops in Bristol, obviously. Uh, Eldora, they did not have live pit stops because they just don't have the no. infrastructure to come down pit road and have live pit stop changes. I imagine in the top level of Cup Series, they're going to have live pit stops um, on dirt with dirt cars. It's going to be pretty intense. Yeah, I, I like I said, I haven't seen it either, but I knew they didn't do it at Eldora, so I wasn't sure if they were going to have the structure to be able to do it at Bristol or not. But that'll be that'll be a challenge to uh, to do all the live pit stop stuff. As far as driving the car, I mean, how much 
have you been able to, I mean, have you been able to get any sort of like sim laps or anything to kind of experience a cup car? Cause it, I mean, it obviously is different than a truck. Nope. I'm going into it <laughs> completely new. So, <laughs> and I will see maybe, maybe between now and then I could get some sim laps, but as of now, I have not had any, not had anything. And with the COVID restrictions and everything, do, do we even know if it's a track they're going to be able to practice at? I think there is practice. As far as I know, there that's is. the plan of now. There's practice. Practice and I don't know how what the exact format for the race is, but I know there's practice. I mean, D. Welch mentioned you have, you know, truck starts, right? You you have seven total stock car starts between the Arca series and um, the truck series, you know, one of them coming at Eldora. Um, you know, but you're going to be able to race against the cup series. Like that's just like a different, that just hits different, right? Like you're going to be elbow to elbow with Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, you know, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski. Like that's, you know, you see these guys racing on TV, but did you ever think you were going to race against them? Right. I mean, that's, that was, uh, I think as a kid, anybody that starts racing their dreams would be to run a cup race or, you know, run full time in the cup series. So, to get the opportunity to go and do that is uh, pretty special for me. And, you know, I think everyone's really excited about it. Um, you know, obviously without NOS energy drink and uh, Brody Hayward and David bird and all the people that have been around to give me these sort of opportunities, I wouldn't be able to do it. So it's uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think uh, it'll, I, I don't know what any of us are going to expect for it, but uh, like you said, just getting to race on Sunday is, uh, is something that's pretty special. It's a ways out, I know, but I mean, what makes that a success for you? I mean, if you, when you leave there that Sunday, what, you know, what's going to make you feel like it was, you know, a good day. I just want to compete. You know, I, I, hopefully we, uh, were able to finish the race obviously. And, uh, I don't have any expectations right now going into it. You know, before you get there, you say that, but once I put a helmet on, you know, I'm, I'm there to win no matter what I'm driving or trying, you know, trying to do, I'm not going there to screw up anybody's day, obviously, but, uh, I want to, uh, you know, once you put a helmet on your demeanor kind of changes, even though you didn't have any expectations before, but hopefully, uh, hopefully it goes well. And, uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Just drive that's it down also, in there and throw a big old bomb on Larson and Bell. Just just sail it yeah, off in that's there. That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you're gonna have to throw a slider on one of those too at some point, right? Or brisket. <laughs> yeah, at least in at least in practice or something. <laughs> <laughs> Up on the fence, banging the wall down. That'd be that'd be sick. Uh, I mean, but this this is making history, right? I mean, not just for yourself going into the NASCAR cup series, but also for NASCAR as a sanctioning body and the sport in general, putting dirt back on Bristol, which it's been the first time since the world of outlaws did it. You know, we've all played the 2002 world of outlaws uh, sprint car game uh, at Bristol. It's a, it's a crazy track. It's fast. It was crazy the last time they went there. Uh, but just to be back out there, I mean, that's, that's kind of a dream for us who grew up playing that game really. Yeah. I mean, on top of getting to run in the cup series, getting to go race, you know, the first time NASCAR or the Cup Series goes to a dirt track to be a part of that's obviously pretty cool. Uh, I don't, are you guys going to be there? I'm not. Uh, well, so we were just talking Tyler, about Tyler it, doesn't right? work. So, Tyler doesn't work in NASCAR anymore, yeah, so he'll Tyler, be on his yeah, couch with right. a beer in his hand. Yeah. So we were just talking about this, though, and, and when it came up today, because I didn't know about this. Dylan obviously knew about it, didn't tell me about it, thanks. Um, but um, 
I'm thinking about maybe I'll just contact Rick Ware Racing or someone and be like, let's just do an all access with you or something. Go down there. Yeah, they let That'd you be do fun. it. Let's go. I mean, Kate Fagley is what the, the, the GM. That's a good, it's a good buddy of mine. We've drank a bunch of beers together when I was down there in NASCAR land. So maybe she'll maybe she'll get us some credentials in. We can just need one camera guy, right? We don't need anybody else. Me. Yeah. Just you. <laughs> you take I out might be able to get NASCAR guys' spaces, though, Ty. <laughs> well, I just quit. I just quit NASCAR. They're gonna let me back to the racetrack. I got a hard card still. I think somewhere laying around. Well, from last year, you probably can't just waltz in there anymore with COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be, yeah, just ask Chip Ganassi. Yeah, you got to be on somebody's list. Right. Uh, ask Chip Ganassi about that. Uh, no, we appreciate you coming on uh, short notice. I know that you weren't uh, all that happy the way it came out, but um, it's uh, it's all right, though, right? I mean, it's going to come out eventually. Yeah, it is what it is. I just, uh, you know, you got to try to please everybody. So that's uh, what I'm trying to do today. (laughs) Well, we're glad there's another dirt guy that'll be that'll be running in it. So appreciate you. Yeah, I'm uh, excited. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, guys. I wonder what you're going to be at Vegas. At Vegas, the Vegas odds. (laughs) Well, I can't bet on myself, so at least I. But I can bet on you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. let's go let's 2500 to one let's do it yeah (laughs) all right thanks for coming on the show appreciate it all right thank you guys how you like me now pedal podcast uh, we mentioned we're having shane stewart on today here he is he is live he is surrounded by his wet concrete at the port city raceway uh as he's been i saw you uh tweeting a little bit today working uh, out there with uh, the new machinery how's how's life so far it's good it's it's been it's been really busy we um of course we started a lot of projects and got uh, halted by the by the lovely weather that uh, i've got accused of bringing from indiana to oklahoma um, and that actually set us back a, a good week. Um, we've got our first practice date. Hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, Mother Nature works well or works in our favor uh, next uh, Saturday. Um, so we're trying to get a few of these projects done be- before people start showing up. And we've got a practice on the 6th, uh, the 13th, and then our first race is uh, March 20th. But we got we got plenty of stuff going on here. What kind of things are you working on improving, Shane? Well, here's the thing, like, I I got this track in great condition, and so now we're just fine-tuning things. Like, there was a section behind the uh, concession stand that was half dirt, half concrete. Uh, we tore out all the old concrete, put new concrete in behind the concession stand, make it a little nicer for those people, and then we're expanding it outside. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been to, to, uh, to Port City or not, but we have a place called Turn 5. It's a cool little bar that sits adjacent to uh, the concession stand and we're adding concrete in front of that as well. Um, Just making things a little bit nicer. Um, You know, Mike and Megan, uh, Eubanks and Mike Ross and and Ross, uh, or Haas, I'm sorry, 
uh, have done a great job at this place, um, growing it and growing it in a, in a, uh, a pretty rapid pace over the last three years. And like I said, I got the place in pretty good shape, but we're just fine tuning. We're, we bought a scoreboard. Uh, we're going to put a scoreboard on the back straight away. Um, we're looking at some led lighting, uh, around the track, uh, to make Haas's job uh, a little bit easier. And, and hopefully when we get all that stuff put together, uh, we'll be able to do some cool lighting stuff, uh, be able to introduce, uh, some of the drivers with some, uh, you know, Port Royal does a really good job at, 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 you know, turning the lights off and on as we're going down the front straightaway, doing the four wide and, and we're going to be able to, uh, hopefully be able to, you know, do a little bit of cool stuff like that for the drivers and and uh, just make it entertaining uh, for the fans as well. I have never been to Port City Raceway. I'm not sure if Dylan has. He, he might have. Um, I am planning on going to Port City Raceway this year, and that's one of the reasons why I'm having you on is because on this podcast, well, formerly Rip the Fence, now Loud Pedal, we have every single year supported Keith Coons Motorsports uh, at the Give Back Classic, and I'm really excited it's coming to Port City Raceway. Um, and I've been to every one of them. Dylan actually, you know, uh, has raced some micros and, and competed in the event last year, which was really, really cool. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited. That's, that's going to be a huge event for you guys. It's going to be really big. Um, you know, of course, that's joined with uh, three nights of Power Eye Midget Racing as well. So uh, we're really looking forward. You know, I found out about the race coming to, to Port City at the shootout. And, uh, of course, uh, sat down and, and talked with Keith a little bit about it and what his expectations were and, and really excited that uh, he's bringing that race to our track. And, um, you know, and that's one of the, the few things that we are trying to improve on. Um, you know, Brady Bacon and I, and we're going to co- co-promote uh, a two-night USAC midget race here uh, late April, and, and we're growing that race from last year. Um, we have three pretty big uh, micro races here throughout the season. Uh, we're going to try to grow those and continue to make the purses a little bit bigger. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a fan, but I was also a driver. And, and I know, you know, these guys show up and it's a hobby for them, but it's an expensive hobby. And, and that's one of the things that I want to try to do is, you know, increase the purses, uh, give back to, to the, the, to the teams that support this track and, and try to keep them coming back. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're in an entertainment business and, and, uh, we're going to try to, uh, you know, make that stuff a little bit better and nicer as, as we proceed. But, you know, Mike and Megan have been with me, uh, my wife, Jen and I almost every day since we have bought the track and, and they have been a tremendous help. And, you know, just there's just so many things behind the scenes that we just didn't even know. Uh, a lot of things uh, that take a little bit of time to, to get switched over, liquor license, um, you know, all your tax permits and, uh, you know, just little things of getting your paper towels and paper, your toilet paper and uh, getting your Coke order put in. And we sat down and met with a f- food distributor yesterday. Um, and, you know, right now there's four guys working on top of uh, a Connex that we're um, going to build in the, in the pit area for all the mechanics and, and the crew guys, our drivers, excuse me, to stand on and watch the races. Uh, we're going to put concrete on top of those and some nice railing. And it's, it's, it's going to be nice when we get everything done. What about port city? I mean, we, we've had a lot of port city graduates on our show that have, you know, have talked about what a cool place it is, but for you to, 
you know, and I know you're from Oklahoma, but to relocate your family from Indiana back to Oklahoma, what about this track and this opportunity was so appealing to you that made you want to make such a big, you know, lifestyle shift and, and take on the role of, of running this racetrack? Well, you know, Port City has such a strong name, uh, especially in the micro world. Uh, and, you know, I, I grew up uh, here a little bit. There was also a track that Emmett Ahan uh, started. It's still Creek County, but when Creek County was first developed, it was a smaller racetrack. Uh, so I raced out there a little bit more than I did here at Port City. But, you know, Port City since those days have grown uh, into a powerhouse, uh, when it comes to micro racing and, and now, uh, venturing into the, to the midget world, uh, we're trying to be a powerhouse in that scene as well. And, you know, I feel like hand-eye coordination is pretty important when it comes to becoming and developing, uh, good driving habits. Uh, and, and, you know, racing on smaller racetracks, you never have time to breathe much. So it helps you learn how to, uh, maneuver at high speeds. Uh, and also, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the drivers get tired from not breathing right. It's not that they're not strong enough. It's that they get excited and they stop breathing. So little tracks, uh, teach that habit of being able to race in tight quarters, uh, not having much time to, uh, relax and still maintain your breathing. And, and I feel like Port City does that really well. Uh, and, and I honestly feel like that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of uh, the graduates that, that do well here, um, you know, succeed and, and progress up the ladder. And But it all starts here. You know, it starts at a place called Port City. And, and that was one of the things, you know, racing has given back so much to me and my family. Uh, when I found out that this place was for sale, um, that was one of the things that I was really looking forward to is, is – trying to help and develop young drivers and and give back to the sport what is what it's given me yeah it was it was races like the give back classic and um you know of course the tulsa shootout that really you know put micro racing on the map and and port city is going to deliver some of those races which is really exciting you know you mentioned the guys that have rate you know raced there Dason persley you know um kaylee bryson jade avadesian you know they're all moving to the through the midget ranks and um, Jason McDougall. I mean, all these guys are phenomenal race car drivers and they, they, their climb is basically micro racing and a midget racing, but you are delivering some midget races that are big time for Port City. Yeah, we are. And, and we're excited about that. You know, Brady had the, the USAC race here last year and, and, uh, they were restricted, uh, at the time with attendance and car counts because of COVID. Um, we aren't going to have any of those restrictions this year, at least it looks that way. Um, so we're really excited about, uh, what we're going to be able to do at that race. And, um, you know, Brady and Ciciana have done a great job at promoting it and, and we're, you know, we're trying to do our part as well. And, um, you know, we're going to have a, uh, there's a practice day on Thursday. We're going to have a cool band out here, uh, that's going to be playing after the practice and everyone's going to be able to hang out and have a few beers hopefully and enjoy themselves before it gets crazy on Friday and Saturday. And, um, but, you know, that's one of the things that as a driver, uh, when you go to a track over and over and over again, you want to you want to see that event grow. Uh, and that's one of the things that we're trying to concentrate on is growing these events and and making them bigger and bigger and, and trying to get the purses up there as well. Have you have you sat? I mean, I'm, I would think that you have, but have you sat down at all and, and kind of mapped out like 
long-term plans, even a five-year plan or anything like that, of just kind of what you want to accomplish with the racetrack or how you want to grow it, you know, in, in the foreseeable future? Well, um, yes and no. Um, you know, I've, I've been relying, I've been leaning a lot on Mikey Banks. He, he and, and Megan, his wife, Megan, um, they understand this industry a little bit more than I do, uh, especially the micro world. I didn't honestly, I didn't really pay attention to it much um, when I was out racing, doing my own thing. And um, I did pay attention to it, but I didn't really study it uh, like sure. I have, you know, the last month or so and or two months, really. And um, but, you know, one of the things like, you know, they get they get big car counts here already. You know, we averaged uh, I think they averaged one hundred and forty something cars last year on a weekly basis. Uh, and then at their bigger races, they get 200, close to 200, sometimes over 200. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we're obviously making a slight improvements at the place and, and cleaning things up here and there. And, and um, you know, you're always thinking about things that maybe can help them, the track make a little bit of extra money. And, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to want to do in the near future is have a driving school here. I feel like I can teach some of the kids some of the things that I was taught and learned uh, over my career um, and even older you know guys that think they want to maybe get into the micro world but don't want to really spend the money because they're not sure if they're going to enjoy it I feel like I can have a school here uh, to help those types of people those types of families um, and uh, that's that's something that uh, that I want to start but to do that it takes a little bit of money to do it it takes a building uh, which we're working on clearing out a section to, to do and build a building to where you can house these cars when they're not being uh, used. And, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that I'm kind of excited about doing. And, and hopefully I can make that happen in the next two or three years. How weird was it um, not being in Florida? Racing sprint you know, cars. I have I've had a lot of people ask me. Um, it, I have not missed it one bit. And I feel like there that we have so much stuff going on here. Um, I honestly, I, I would go home and watch the races and I, there was not one time that I wished that I was there. And that to me is, that makes me feel good because I, I, you know, when I found out poor city was for sale, it was about, um, I'm trying to think of what month I found out. It was about two months before I quit the season uh, and of course me and Bernie, uh, we were having a great summer and, and every track and every place we showed up to, we were competitive and, and, but I still was finding myself thinking about, you know, being with my kids and my family because they weren't, uh, allowed to be with me much last year. And then I, my mind starts switching over to how I can make things cooler and, and better at Port City and, I was racing and I was actually racing pretty good, but I was still not totally committed to it. And those were to me, those were just small signs that it was time to, to, you know, make a career switch. And as it got, as it got closer and closer and closer and, and, you know, Kevin Rudine got involved, um, his, uh, excitement about the place, you know, made it more exciting for me. And, um, you know, I felt like those were all good signs that I was making the right decision and, when of course when i was always thinking like man when racing starts i'm gonna miss it because you know there was always a time there where you always got the jitters and you were getting anxious getting the motor home prepared to go to florida and um i i just i didn't have any of that this year and and that it 
kind of, was more comforting uh, to me than anything. But, um, you know, I just felt like I've, I've made the right decision at the right time in my career. You know, I was fortunate to have a, a great career and I've, I've walked away with this uh, from the sport uh, healthy um, and um, on my terms. And uh, that makes me makes me proud. Well, the good news is if you ever get the itch again, you've got a racetrack pretty close that you can <laughs> jump in a car and rip some laps around there. Yeah, I, well, so it's funny you say that. I, I actually heard through the rumor mill, and I haven't talked to Kevin about it, but I heard he's going to try to run the Chili Bowl next year because he can come here and practice whenever he wants. So um, <laughs> I, you're right. If I ever get the bug, I'm sure I could jump in something and, and cure my itch pretty quick. Yeah, Ke- I mean, Kevin, he had the midget with Corey Eliason at the, the Chili Bowl this year. They didn't run all that great, but um, you – you um, I was going to say, Kevin could just put a sprint car together for you to go, you know, you know, maybe, maybe you could run like a USAC race at Houston's or something. And absolutely not. You, you guys forget <laughs> what it's like with me in a non-wing car. It's just, it doesn't work out good for me. I've tried it twice and I've crashed twice and I figured that that was, that was enough for me. <laughs> I was there, unfortunately, for one of them at Lawrenceburg. I was, uh, I was announcing for USAC then. I remember that one. That was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was not one of my prouder moments by any means, but, you know, we tried it. And the funny thing about that story was uh, Justin March was like, you know, guys, that's probably a good idea. Like, what's the worst that can happen? And I'm like, yeah, your car coming back on a flatbed. That's the worst thing yep. that can happen in qualifying. So anyway. <laughs> I guess I messed that up. That's Matt Wood racing. Uh, that's uh, promoting that race at Houston. Uh, it seems like, Shane, you're adding a lot of things that you kind of didn't like about tracks when you were traveling. Like, you know, the the, the being, ro- you know, risen up in the middle of the infield so you could see the racetrack and little things that you've seen around the racetracks that you were like, huh, that needs to be changed or whatever. Yeah, well, so I have major OCD, and um, I've already washed my truck probably more than it's ever been washed uh, because it gets dirty pulling in and out of the track. So I'm my my thinking. I'm like, you know, if these guys spend all this hard work cleaning up their trucks and trailers, I don't want it to get filthy before it pulls in the pit. So, like, I'm trying to think of ways that I can reach out to some of the people that's already helped the track uh, of making the road, the entry road, a little bit nicer, where it's not so dusty and dirty and muddy. Uh, so honestly, it's just it's little things like that that I'm worried about. You know it's not big things, which is a good thing for me. It's not like we literally could open this place up, uh, two days from now and, and have a big race. Uh, so what we're doing is just little things and improving the joint. A lot of it's visual. Uh, it's not going to make the track any better, but you know, when people pull into the place, uh, you know, I want them to be proud to race here and, and, um, and, and they are already, you know, don't take me wrong. You know, and it's just little things like there was a huge uh, pile of brush uh, that was in the parking lot that uh, we're getting burnt down and going to be able to increase the parking lot. One of the things that we did do here is that there's a house. uh, This place sits on 20 acres. Um, There's a house in the front of it that we're cleaning up and we're going to put our announcer Haas in it. And he's going to live there, but we're, we're doing a lot of work around that. And that's one of the first things that you see when you pull in as a house, you actually pass the house to get to the track. And, um, you know, we're cleaning up, there's a Creek that runs through the middle of the property. We're cleaning up the crank bed and, and just doing little things, uh, which are visual things. But, you know, to me, when I pull into a racetrack, uh, the really nice ones, I notice little things like that. So, 
uh, I hopefully, you know, people will, will notice some of the changes that we've made and, and appreciate them. Yeah, well, it's like all it's all the little things that take a track from good to great. It's that next, you know, that's what allows it to make that next step. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure being on the road and, and seeing as many racetracks as you have, it, it probably makes it easy to, to be a little nitpicky and, and figure that stuff out. Right. No, no, there's no doubt. And, and you know, with us, too, uh, and they've done a good job at this, but when you have so many cars like we have, to be able to start at a certain time and finish at a certain time, everything has to flow. Everything has to, mm -hmm. you know, there's 35, yeah, right at 35 people uh, that help out on, on a one given night to make the events flow here. Uh, and you have to have each and every one of those people. Uh, so thankful for them for, you know, there's been a few of the concession stand people that's left. Uh, but for the most part, uh, all those people are going to stick out, stick around and, and help us. And which is a good thing for Jen and I, because they know their jobs. Uh, they do a good, good job at their at their position. And um, but those are the little things that you have to try to, you know, think about. You know, if you start at seven, you want to be try to, you know, the races need to be done by 11. You know, nobody wants to be sitting in the stands in the heat of the summer for five or six hours watching cars go around the track. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that we're going to continue to do here. And, um, you know, I'm I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but I'm pretty excited about everything here. Um, I'm ready for the season to get started. We've got 43 uh, races scheduled, which is quite a few. Um, but we're anxious to, to get things going and still a lot for me to learn. Uh, but I'm I'm. I'm anxious to, to get going. That's funny you mentioned you had OCD because everyone I talked to uh, said he's going to make it look nice. He's going to make it look really nice. I'm guessing that everything <laughs> everything that you did with your sprint cars and stuff, you were probably just like really meticulous and clean and just everything had to be like perfect. Well, yeah, and I, and I like it's not going to be perfect, right? Like I, I, I came here and I'm like, man, what? when was the last time this grader was washed? So now, so now my guys are like, oh, yeah. On our off days, you're gonna have us out here waxing a grater, and I'm like, oh, that's probably not a bad idea. I don't, I don't think a grater's ever been waxed, but, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I wonder how we can paint the water truck and get a sponsor on that, and, you know, the thing is, is like, there's a lot of uh, companies around here that help this track out, and so to me, you know, like, say a company gives you a, a side by side or, or something to utilize at the track, if you take good care of it and return it to them in good condition that relationship will continue uh, and that's one of the things that i'm going to be pretty picky on um but it's all presentation at the end of the day and uh, one of the things that we are going to do here is is keep our equipment looking nice and you know one of the tracks that always sticks out to me is hopstot those guys like when the push trucks roll out on the track it's like the tires are armor alt uh and the guy just takes really good care of his equipment and and you know, people like me that have OCD, they notice things like that. And, and we're going to try to do a few of those things here. The reason why I laugh so hard at that is because Dylan thinks that's the most annoying thing ever. Like tractors parading around. He's like, I, I can't stand going to Hobson. That's what he says. And I'm like, I love it because they always have a yeah. perfect racetrack. Always have a perfect racetrack. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that the tractors are going to live on the track by any means. It's just when they hit the track, they're going to they're going to be nice and clean. That's all. <laughs> so I know you like doing all this stuff, you know, cleaning everything up, you know, with your OCD and all that. But so what's going to be your favorite part is the being a promoter going to be like the promoting side of it's got to be kind of, you know, adrenaline rush. Right. Well, I haven't done that side of it yet. Um, 
you know, I've been told uh, a few of the people that I, I need to, to, you know, I've been warned about certain people that are probably going to be picky about certain things and complain about this and that. And, um, you know, I'm, I am excited about the promoting side of it. It's a, it's a, it's a new side. I've paid attention to a little bit of it, but I've also been the guy, um, you know, I was wading around in mud yesterday when the snow was melting and I'm like, yeah, man, this is me, right? If I was at the track right now, I'd be in the hauler with my feet probably propped up on the table, watching TV, wondering when they were going to cancel the races uh, or, you know, what their decision was going to be because we got to go off and do something else. We got to get to the hotel and go eat or whatever. And now that you're on the, I'm on the other side of it, I'm going to be on the other side of it. It, it opens your eyes to so many different things and makes you appreciate things a little bit more. And I'm excited about that. Uh, one of the biggest things I'm excited about is, is, is helping the kids, helping the young kids uh, grow in the sport and um, hopefully watch them progress up the ladder. If they, if they, you know, if that's their goal, um, that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. And, you know, I have two young kids and I remember when I raced quarter midgets, you know, being around the racetrack on the weekends with the same kind of group of people, uh, we just became really close with a lot of them. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to my kids growing up around a lot of these kids that are racing here and, you know, my wife becoming good friends with some of the moms and, you know, I, you know, family is a small, small world at the end of the day. And, and, um, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, I feel like my kids going up around, around the racetrack is going to be, uh, great for them. And, um, there's a lot of things I'm excited about and there's a lot of things that I don't really know or, or what to expect yet because I haven't been put in that situation, but, um, I'm hopefully I'm ready for them. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of great promoters over the years, right? Like, and I think we talked about this, at the Tulsa shoot Earl Baltus at Eldora, uh, you know, Steve O'Neill at Port Royal, uh, you know, comes, comes to mind, you know, just, I think now you're probably one of the most famous promoters, right? Just because you were, you know, a sprint car driver, you know, you, you sold a lot of t-shirts and now everyone knows you're a promoter. So, so those drivers can heckle you or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's, that's probably going to happen. I'm sure. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I always looked up to Tommy Estes. I think Tom, you know, when I raced with Paul Silva on the, uh, on the ASCS tour, Tommy Estes kind of ran that series, uh, and it was a strong series that paid really good money to trace and the, and the point fund was really good. Um, but I looked up to Tommy because I always felt Tommy was fair and that's where I hope to be. You know, I know that I'm not gonna be able to make everybody happy and there's going to be calls that I'm going to screw up on. But at the end of the day, um, I, I want to be fair to everybody. And, and, you know, Tommy Esses has had a great success. Uh, you got a great success, success story outside of racing now being a promoter and um, at different tracks. And I've talked to him several times. Uh, I spoke with Tony Stewart a little bit about what to expect. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of people that I've leaned on so far. Uh, and each one of them's given me ideas and things that I need to prepare myself for and things that I need to look forward to. And, and uh, that part of it's been really cool. Um, we've had so many people... Uh, step up and just spot signs uh, around the racetrack, which, you know, brings more money and, and generates more money for the racetrack. And um, that part of it's been really cool. And, and um, 
you know, it's, it's been, you know, there's been a lot of people has volunteered their help uh, to come improve this place. And the guy that's pouring the concrete, uh, he's taking time out of his schedule to come and help us out. And uh, that part of it's been really, really cool to see. I guess my last question, and this might be a little pressure on you, but Cootstown, you know, good micro track in Pennsylvania has been widening out their racetrack uh, in the off season, right? Because they want to get sprint cars. You know, the, the, the USAC 360 sprint car series is going to come there. Um, it Will Port City Raceway ever see sprint cars? I don't think so. I, I don't, I think with the way the property and everything is like, you know, this track is, is somewhat kind of easy to manage right now. You know, I mean, it's, you know, we can prepare the track, we can water it, uh, we can maintain it a little bit easier than, you know, even a, a track with, you know, a quarter mile size track. I feel like the track's in pretty good shape as far as the way it's shaped. Um, I feel like it produces really good races right now. Um, I don't really hear too many people complaining about the way the surface is or anything. Um, it would be pretty difficult uh, for us to, to widen the track or to, to change the configuration of it at all. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it won't ever happen. I'm just, you know, right now, um, you know, I, like I've said before, I, I'm getting the track in really good condition. And, and that's one of the things is the track's got a great surface. Uh, Mike Ross has done a great job on that side of things. And, and that's been one of the things that I've, I've somewhat taught myself already is how to drive the grader. When I got here, I didn't even know how to start it. So, and I haven't ever been raised around a lot of machinery. So, uh, I can now pretty much drive a skid loader almost into the Creek and, uh, I can tear up more on a skid loader than what I ever imagined. Uh, we've got a, a guy out here, uh, Kenny that uh, gets aggravated with me because I, I just get on the skid loader and just go nuts. And then he has to come behind me and clean up all my messes. And uh, so that, that part of it's been pretty fun. So learning to u utilize all the equipment uh, is going to be a challenge for me. Obviously, the grader is going to be the biggest challenge. Uh, but this track, it's not hard to, to manage and to keep up. And and um, so, you know, to answer your question, I don't really see too many things changing on the track side. Well, it's great to have you on Flow. I know Flow is super excited about it, speaking for them. Um, the Tulsa shootout was tremendous for flow racing. It was one of the best events we've ever had in flow racing history. So micro racing is on the map for sure. And, and so is Port City Raceway. So we're really looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to uh, covering your guys' race this year and a USAC races that are coming there too. Yeah, you know, and that was another thing that was really cool. I, I didn't know nothing about the, the flow um, stuff until I, you know, started looking at the racetrack and I thought that that was really cool and really special that Flo was even interested in even covering a weekly show, a weekly program like uh, Port City has. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that uh, Haas uh, has been doing a really good job at. And, and that's one of the things that is going to change a little bit of how we um, do things on, on flow as far as the, um, you know, intermission goes, his interviews with the drivers, his Haas talks and and things like that and, and trying to help out the, the sponsors that have given to the track and um, you know that part of it's going to be kind of exciting to watch develop and um, but yeah we're looking forward to, to being on flow again this year and, and a few years to come and and hopefully we can make everybody proud here cool if you need any help from us let us know all right i will buddy thank you guys for having me on the show i appreciate it